Hey, welcome to week number three of Instant Marriage. We've uh, done our best to just try to take a snapshot of what a good, healthy, uh, God-loving marriage looks like and how we can really honor God through the gift that he's given us. That's the gift of one another. The, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined into his wife, and those two shall become one. This idea that one plus one doesn't make two in the case of marriage, one plus one makes one, makes a completeness, a wholeness that we have with the Lord. And then with him, remember we looked up that scripture that said a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This idea that with God in the center of your life and Jesus at the center of your life and marriage, that really marriage can work and, and, and be healthy and strong and and so um, week number one, we talked about partnership, the value uh, of really being 100% committed to each other, committed to this oneness that you have. Week two, last week, we talked about f uh, forgiveness and this idea that, you know, it takes you about a millisecond to be married to find out you've got to forgive one another because after you get married, you realize that person you thought was perfect well, they've got some scars. They've got stuff. And, um, and so you've got to forgive one another. And, uh, man, there's too many people that hold bitterness in their heart for things that they do to each other. And so you need to learn to forgive. That's huge. And then today we're going to talk about just the value of laughter and what joy does in a marriage and joy does in a life. And as Beth mentioned, uh, we have next week our dear friend Ed Gunger is going to come and talk about what happens uh, when there's potholes in the road or there's a bump in the road along the uh, road of life in marriage. And so he's going to address that uh, for us. So let's go ahead and begin today talk about laughter. So how many of you think it's a good thing to find the joy and the laughter in the midst of your marriage? And it's healthy and it's good. And so here's three things we're going to hit today that are good for your marriage. In marriage, laughter will strengthen your faith. And we'll talk about some examples of that. Number two, in marriage, laughter gives you strength. And we'll, we'll talk about that as well. And then number three, in marriage, laughter is good medicine. And we all need some medicine. We all need, how many of y'all would agree in marriage, sometimes you just need a dose of God's Prozac. You just need some help. Are we being that real? Let's be careful. So here's the, the scriptures for today's message. I really our text for today. First is found in Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, let the, your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. This idea that we get to choose to rejoice with our, our husband or wife, whatever the case may be. And then the other one is Psalm 126, verse 2. It says, Then our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue with singing, and they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. And, and to me, that's one of the challenges that we have. You know, the uh, it's pretty clearly through Scripture that we can honor God with our life. Whatever we do in our lives, we can do it in such a way that honors Him. Well, a good, strong, healthy marriage that's full of the joy of the Lord really does honor Him. And, and what it will do is be a witness for the Lord. It, he, we show Him off when we have a good, a good marriage. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I've, I've never heard of a situation where a, a, a marriage is broken up because they were having too much fun. You know, like one of the parties said, listen, I am, I'm done. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't take, take it fun. anymore. I cannot take this. It's way too much fun. My, you know, my stomach hurts. My head hurts from laughing. I, I just got to get out of this marriage. Um, uh, have you? I just wonder. You just yeah. don't make me cry anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, you just bring such joy to my life every day. I just can't take it. I can't. I, I got I to gotta get out. So you know there's something to this. And, you know, you know this because, you know, when, when you're around somebody who's crying, I mean, you feel for them, but you, you don't, if you don't know what they're crying about, it's hard to just join them in, in crying. But when someone's laughing, I mean, like a gut-wrenching <laughs> laughing, when they're doing that, you, you, what do you do? Well, you smile yeah, first. Yeah. yeah and, and then from the smile, pretty soon you find yourself laughing. You don't have a clue what they're laughing about, but it's just something contagious about laughter. Well, there's something life-giving about laughter and joy that we want to have really at the core yeah. of, of our marriage. So, 
Well, let me just add this, because, you know, in marriage, I mean, sometimes there's, it's just a thin line between a crossroads in your daily life in marriage, whether it's dealing with kids or your job or you're running late to Thanksgiving at the in-laws. I mean, just all kinds of things, and there's a thin line between we're going to be frustrated, there's going to be tension in the car, it's not going to be a fun trip or fun day, or the atmosphere in the home is a little tense, versus somebody the husband or the wife, somebody intentionally finding the humor, somebody intentionally lightening it up so that we take the other fork in the road and there's laughter and there's joy and, and we can poke fun at one another in appropriate, you know, situations and just, and, and that's a daily thing, isn't it? I mean, that's a daily choice when you get to those crossroads. And so we want to encourage you as we kind of go through this stuff, one of our, one of our little, you know, drum beats is remember and relive these funny things that happen in life. Look for the humor moments. Look for the funny thing. Look for where heaven is laughing. You know, we're all uptight and all frustrated, but, you know, the angels are peering over the banisters like, Lord, get a load of this. I mean, these people are, you know. We've got to see the humor in things and then choose to remember it and relive it because there's a lot of funny stuff that happens in your life that would bring you joy more than just in that moment. You could laugh about that stuff for years to come. You and the kids could laugh about it if you were intentional, and that's kind of what we want to talk about. Well, speaking of that, you know, our whole marriage has been, uh, we've been laughing since the very beginning. It, it started on our honeymoon night. We, uh, we got married, and we flew down to uh, Miami to uh, spend a couple days, and then from there we're going to Orlando for a couple days, and then after that go on a cruise. And so we get down to Miami, and uh, I'm so excited. This is, you know, big night, you know, with, with us. And so we get up to our hotel room, and, and uh, Beth's in the bathroom getting ready for, you know, I don't want to get into details because this is PG-13, uh, but, you know, let's, mommy and daddy, we're going to have some fun, okay? So, um, so um, you know, she's getting ready, and I'm in, I'm in the room, and, and so I, I get towels, and I put them over the lamps just to dim the lights, the room, and make it really cool. So romantic. And, and I'm a guy, so I got the TV going, you know, of course, TV's on. So TV's on, and, I, and, it, and it's not just a, like a sports channel, which it, it should have been, but it was uh, on that channel that tells you about the amenities at the hotel, you know, the restaurant and the beach and all this stuff. And, and in this, it says, that catch it in the corner of my ear. I, I listen to this, and it says, uh, and our seven-story lit parking garage. And I went, parking garage? I don't remember going into a parking garage. I don't remember parking the car. I realized I'd left the car. We you know where you drive up to the hotel. And I left it there running. <laughs> this is Miami Beach, man. It's like, you know, there's crime all over the place. And my car's out there running, rental car's out there running. I went, oh my gosh. I, you know, quick focus, ran downstairs. Focus. And, and uh, <laughs> fortunately, it was there. So, so that was just the start. So then we go to Orlando for a few days. And and, you know, we're all excited about marriage and being married and everything. And so we were, we, after we were there, we, we headed out to the boat, uh, and we got on the boat. And, uh, you know, we're unpacking our things in the, in the cabin. And, <laughs> and I realized I left every pair of pants I brought with me in Orlando. So you have to get the picture because, like, the first night was the captain's dinner, and they heard that this newlywed couple is on the boat, and the husband left all of his pants in Orlando. I mean, I'm panicking. This is back, this is 27 years ago. So back, today a cruise is much more relaxed. 27 years ago, it was pretty much dress up every night for dinner. So I mean, like, dress up with shorts. I looked like that guy from, from you know, Ozzy Osbourne or whatever, like, you know, you know with the shorts on and his black socks and black shoes. So, so I'm, 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 I'm panicking. 
panicking, you know. We're, we're, the boat hasn't left it, so I'm panicking. I'm thinking, what do I do? I, I don't have time to get to Orlando and back, obviously. So I, I run down to the purser's desk, and a captain is there. And so he overhears the conversation, and he just is beside himself laughing and laughing and laughing. I ended up having to call Federal Express, and they FedExed my pants from Orlando to Key West, which was our first stop. But the rest of the week, I mean, even though I had pants, the rest of the week, everybody on that boat knew we were the couple where the guy forgot his pants. Well, and you have to understand, he is 6'6". Six, six. He doesn't buy I'm pants hard off to the hide. rack. Yeah, I'm hard to hide, first of all, yeah. And you can't buy pants. So if we, if we were in Key West trying to get him pants, I mean, they're capris. So there's just no... <laughs> Oh, Lord. So, yeah, so we started with laughter. That's a good thing. So let's talk about it. What about when you're going through some rough times? You know, in marriage, you face some situations where, you know, your back's against the wall and maybe, you know, some things aren't going well with your finances or your kids or a doctor's report or whatever the case. But there's something about laughter. It'll strengthen your faith in marriage. And we like to say it ain't over till it's over. And one thing to do in the process is to find the joy of the Lord in the midst. Well, and number one, the three things we want to talk about this morning. Number one, laughter uh, strengthens our faith. There's just something about that position of faith that responds by, by laughter. So it, it's, it, it's important that we do the, the scripture we, we pick for this is Acts chapter 16 and, and verse 25. It, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to the Lord, or to, the, and to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a violent earthquake, and the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains uh, came loose. This idea that Paul and Silas had been uh, in prison for preaching the gospel, and they could have done a lot of different things. They could have felt bad about what happened. They could have been disappointed, discouraged, despondent, all those disses. But what they did is they decided to laugh about it and to have joy and, and to sing to God in the midst of what was a, a terrible situation. So whatever you're facing in life, we, we know that people face ups and downs. We have as yeah. well. We are not exempt from issues in life. Everybody has the same thing. We go through the same stuff. It's just how do you do it and whose strength do you rely on when you go through it? And, and obviously we've learned to, to, to use the Lord's strength. So we'll tell you a couple stories. You know, obviously when you go through a difficult situation, you know, you seek the Lord and you seek wisdom and you pray and you do all of those things. And we have done that as well. But then there comes a point where you've done all you can do and now you're just standing. And one thing to strengthen your faith is this whole laughter piece. So many of you will remember as we were building this building, a lot of our stories in marriage have to do with working together. We've worked together. We've been Velcroed together in ministry, literally working side by side our whole married life. And so a lot of our stories have to do with ministry. Your stories will have to do with, with your life, the scope of your life, and what you guys do together as husband and wife. But so in our case, building this building, we'd done the big No Limits campaign over at the other building, you know, fundraising, and let's build a building, let's reach more people, and so on. And this was around 2007, 2008. So the plans are drawn up, everything's been approved, we're getting ready, you know, things are in motion. The excavators are on the property, six or seven or eight earth movers. I mean, dirt is moving everywhere. The steel has been ordered from China. It is on the boat. A million dollars worth of steel is on the boat coming over when one day the bank that had agreed to lend us money gave us a call and said, hey, by the way, uh, the world's economy is going to bottom out in about six months. And would it be okay if we just pulled out of the deal? I mean, they didn't exactly say that, but that's what happened. The Earth, you know, in 2008, the, the global economy went south. And so they said, can you guys do it for about half of what we promised? And we're like, no, the steel is on the boat. I mean, it, we're in motion here. There's no way to downsize it at this point. And so we kind of looked at each other and 
said, oh, Jesus, you're uh, building your church. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, this is, his, this is his gig. So it's like, he, you know, he led us to this. He got us to this point. And, you know, we had, have some, had a bunch of money in the bank that we had started the process with just paying things off in cash as, as it was coming in. And, of course, funds were coming in from, from our uh, folks who had, had pledged. And, and, then, uh, and then the bank was under, 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 um, underwrite all of the construction. So we have this steel coming. It's, a, like Beth said, a million dollars. And we don't have a million dollars to pay for it. We came out here, and there were these massive, these massive <laughs> earth movers. I mean, there was probably nine or ten of them just you know, all over the property working, all these workers and getting ready for this steel that was going to show up. <clears throat> and we didn't have money to pay for it. And so we just drove around, you know, and looking at it all, and, and, and uh, <laughs> it just hit us. We're like nuts. This is crazy. And we just start laughing, 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 laughing. We're like doing laps around the property. And we are just cracking up in the car. We're just like, Lord, just like Paul and Silas, this is the midnight hour. We're just going to laugh it off. We're just going to praise you and laugh. We got into hysterics. <laughs> we, we got really into did. a Holy Spirit-filled <laughs> laughter for quite some time doing laps. And I'm sure the excavators wondered, what's up with that black suburban? <laughs> but you know what it did? It strengthened our faith. Right. It made us put our faith in God. It's like, Jesus, you're building your church. You're the one that called us to do this. So there's nothing that we can, we can't worry about it. We can't get all stressed out about it. I mean, it is what it is, and you're going to pull through. And lo and behold, the Lord did pull through. And a lot of you know the story, but he had a completely different supernatural situation that opened up. So what, what would have been the alternative? Just be depressed, be mad at each other, get into doubt and unbelief, you know, get down. What would have been the alternative? And in your life, it's the same thing, you know. You're, you're facing some things. And so it's like, just make the choice. You know, God, we trust you. We're just going to laugh it off, and you'll do something supernatural. Tell them about the picture that you did. Yeah, okay, this is a good one. Back when we built the other building, 995, um, it was kind of a stressful season. You know, building buildings are just, there's a lot going on. And so I thought that was stressful at 995. It was really nothing compared to this one. But at the time, it just felt kind of stressful. And so I remembered noticing that we had not laughed in a long time. I just kind of noticed one day, it's like, man, we're just so hunkered down, and we're so intense, and we're so focused, but we hadn't laughed in a long time. And so I didn't like that. I was like, Lord, we've got to get a new vision, and some of, this may help some of you. We've got to get a new vision about our life together as a married couple doing what you've called us to do. We need to have that vision be of us loving, being together, and laughing. So um, I was like, okay, I've got to find a picture that we can look at. So I, I needed to find a husband and a wife behind a pulpit somewhere, and, you know, use their bodies, so body doubles, so to speak, for this picture. So I ended up cutting out a picture of a couple that's in ministry together. I cut the picture out of their magazine. It was a husband and wife behind a pulpit. Cut the uh, picture out of the magazine, and then I cut their heads off. And I found a picture of Jeff and I laughing, and so I put Jeff's laughing head on this man's body. I put my laughing head on this woman's body and pasted it all together. And they're about, you know, like 5'4", and, you know, Jeff and I are like giants. So... Anyways, I put that picture in my Bible, and we put it up on our refrigerator at times, and we just looked at that because we're like, we need a vision of us being happy, laughing, full of the joy of the Lord. And so, anyways, it, it worked because what you look at is what you end up reproducing in your own life. So we were at the office one day, and he and I were laughing about something, and, and one of the gals came to me She goes she, uh, on staff. She said, you know what? It's so good to hear you laugh. She goes, I haven't heard you laugh in a long time. I said, really? I mean, I knew I hadn't laughed, but even she noticed. So, you know, listen, your kids notice if you haven't laughed in a while. Your husband notices, your wife notices, your coworkers notice. If it just seems like maybe there's not been a lot of laughter in your life, and if you've got to prime the pump, maybe you need to put together a picture. Put it in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator, and just get a vision 
for laughter in your life again. And all the people said. Amen. So number one, laughter strengthens your faith. Number two, laughter strengthens our, our, excuse me, laughter gives you strength. You know, this idea that, that the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength, that God's joy strengthens us. I love this verse in Ecclesiastes 9.7. In the Message Bible, it says it this way, seize life, eat bread with gusto, drink wine with a robust heart, and oh yes, God takes pleasure in your pleasure. I, I love that picture of God. He, he takes pleasure in our pleasure. In other words, when, when your life is, it, you're enjoying your life, it, it, it really pleases God. You know, there's a lot of folks who say, well, you know, you never know if you please God. You just don't know. God's so mysterious. He's so harsh. He's such a strong judge. He is, he is a judge. He's judge of all. He, but he's a loving God, just like a parent would be. All your parents would, would, would agree with this. I'm sure that when your kids are really doing something that's bringing them great joy, it joys your own heart to see that. It, it, there's something in you, that, that life that comes into you when, when there's, there's joy around the home. So this idea of seize, you know, the moment, seize those opportunities, kind of, again, it goes back to this, this thought of, like, take note of funny things, because if you don't, they'll pass you by, and you'll forget them. And so then remember those funny things and relive them. I'll give you a couple of examples. Little things that could have passed by, and we wouldn't have been able to, like, squeeze all the joy out of it had we forgotten them, but we were making notes along the way, like, remember that, that was funny. That's a funny thing to relive with the kids. So a couple of little ones, these are little, but they're the kind of things that will hopefully inspire you to, to be thinking about funny stuff in your own life and marriage to relive. So Luke, so Luke's one of our worship leaders now. And so, you know, what is Luke, 22? So um, he was probably eight at the time. This was back in our old building. And so one day, you know, we're at worship and people are leading worship and everybody's singing. And I look over at Luke, you know, and there he is. He's got his hand in the air just praising the Lord. And, you know, moms, you know, you're just like so happy your kids love the Lord and praising the Lord. And I just thought, oh, you know, he's just having such a great time with God. And like he's just, God's just really ministering to him. And all of a sudden Luke tugs on my sweater. And I was like, oh, I bet you God probably just told him something, you know, probably just a revelation he's going to share with his mother. You know, I mean, right in the middle of worship, his hand's still in the air, and he's tugging on with his other hand, tugging on my sweater. So I leaned down, you know, yes, Luke, you know, what is the Lord saying? And I leaned down, he goes, Mom. I go, what? He goes, can we get a foosball table? <laughs> I mean, pop, that was the sound of the balloon. So... <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. I missed the whole rest of the worship set. I laughed. I said, oh, Lord, that's funny. I got to remember that one. I mean, here he, you know, now, of course, he's a worship leader, which is even funnier, but back at, mom, can we get a foosball table? <laughs> so, but I could have, I could have just moved right on and never even thought about that again. So what little things have happened in your life with your marriage, with your kids, and, and you're forgetting to remember? No, remember them and soak and, and squeeze all the joy out of it that you can. So, so laughter gives you strength and and in your everyday life. And so, you know, we always think of this idea of seizing life, just doing what you can with what you got. You know, it's, it's that being happy where you are and, and, uh, and, and just doing what you can. And so uh, tell them a little story about, about our camping experience because well, no, no, yeah. don't, don't tell them that story. Tell them about, um, yeah, tell them about the trip. Okay. Yeah, yeah, tell okay. them that part. All right. How many of you love to take trips with your kids in the minivan? Okay, we see that one hand. Um, <laughs> 
or in the SUV or whatever it is nowadays, you know. Of course, back in the day, those of us that grew up, you know, we didn't have those big minivans, so we're sitting in the back of a car pinching our brother and sister the whole trip, too. So kids are the same. And, and so we're taking this big camping trip with the kids out west, and, and uh, we were on a low budget, like a lot of us are in seasons of life. But you still got to seize the moment. You still got to make memories because they're going to grow up and be gone, and you didn't do some of the things you wanted to do. And this was really important to us to take this trip on a low budget out west. So we um, are heading out there. Well, the kids had an attitude. And, you know, they get grumpy, and somebody's got their seat, and, you know, just how it can be. And with four kids in the minivan, so we had a deal. It was like, guys, if you don't wake up with a good attitude, then we're going to play a song. How many of you remember Carol King? Some of you baby boomers. Carol King had a song. It was called Beautiful. But the words were, you've got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart, and people going to treat you better. You're going to find, yes, you will, that you're beautiful as you feel. It's an amazing song. So we told the kids, if you don't wake up like that, we're going to play it in the car, and all four of you have to sing loud enough for all of us to hear. And if you don't, we play it again. We play it again. So, you know, they're like, oh, ha, ha, that's so funny. Well, then, of course, first time it happened, we played that song, and, you know, like, two of them are singing. The other two are grumps, you know. It's like, nope, guys, we're going to play it again. I mean, we played it how many times? I mean, eight or ten times until the, now the whole family is singing this song, and now we're all happy, and it changes the whole tone of the car. So little things just to adjust the attitude, adjust the temperature. So then we get out to the Coulter Bay cabins. You want to tell about your camping? Yeah, so Beth has this crazy idea, you know, that we can take these vacations on nothing. So she finds this place that's, uh, that's quote-unquote cabins uh, out, out <laughs> near uh, Yellowstone. And so, uh, and what's that, what's that city? Uh, Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So, so she finds this place. So we drive up there. It's not really a cabin. It's a tent cabin. Emphasis on the tent, which means it has two walls that are wood and then the rest of it's canvas. So it's canvas roof, canvas uh, siding. And the beds are like, you know what beds on a submarine? You know those things on the wall? That's what they were. There's four of them. We have six of us. So four of us are in, you know, I'm, uh, she apparently forgot, I'm 6'6". Six, six. I, I, I don't go on submarines, you know what I'm saying? So, so I'm like a periscope on a submarine. I can't, I can't get in there. So I'm on the, we're on these little things. And the boys are sleeping in like soccer chairs that were quote-unquote cots that were, that were a little bit longer than a soccer chair. And so in the middle of the night, oh, and, and it's heated by a, a, a small wood stove that has to be stoked throughout the night. I'm not talking Marriott here. You all get with this? <laughs> and you've got to keep in mind, we're not campers. Like, we don't camp, yeah. so we have none of the gear. Yeah, we drove up. We have some sleeping bags for I guess we had sleeping yeah. bags. But, but, we had, but that's it. Sleeping bags and a pocket knife. That's all we have. So we, we drive up to this campsite where we're staying for, I think, three nights. And the people next to us, they've got a Coleman grill. They've got tubs of food and supplies. They're just bringing one giant box after another out to get ready for their experience. And I've got my pocket knife. And our kids, our kids look at us like scorched earth, you know. I mean, we're just like, we got nothing. They're like, how many nights are we here? So our, so our first, you know, like the first night, the, the group next door is, you know, having steaks on the grill with chicken and baked potatoes and you know stew and all sorts of things and and we went up to the 7-eleven and, and got hot dogs and buns and we're cooking them on sticks in a fire that was it and so anyway they, they we have not forgotten that because those are the things that just 
because it's so funny. Well, in the middle of the night, Luke wakes up, his, his you know, his cot, which was kind of, ro- kind of ro- he, he woke up and it stood right up on him. And <laughs> he's strapped to this cot, standing in the middle of his freezing room, freaking out. I'm in my submariner's bed. I can't get out to help. I can only lean over and yank him back onto the floor. And we're freezing. And they tell you to watch out for bears because, I mean, this is out west. So we're, we are so not campers. And the kids just hated every minute of it. But it's the one vacation they talk about, even to yeah. this day. Mom, remember Colter Bay. Well, this is the stuff. We had no money. But we're going to seize the day and take a vacation and do something fun. And so some of you, maybe that's the encouragement you need to be like, you know what? There's, yes, of course we can't afford it, but we're still going to do something fun and make memories with the kids. All right, number three, laughter is like medicine. And really it is. This is what it says in Proverbs 17:22. It says, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And this is a big one. I mean, in so many homes, you know, even if you did a, a journal and just kind of monitor the laughter quotient in your home and just see, you know, is our home more like dry bones or is our home more like good medicine? Because a merry heart does good like medicine. And that's not just figuratively, like literally. It'll just it'll boost up your serotonin levels. It'll boost up the joy in the home. It's just good for the health of you and your family. So anyways, you've got to be on purpose about it. And we kind of grabbed a phrase from the Flintstones back in the day. Loosen the bone, Wilma. When people get uh, intense, when, you know, somebody's having an attitude or just getting too, too feisty, we just, you know, hey, loosen the bone, Wilma. And for those of you who don't know who the Flintstones were, Wilma had a big bone in her hair, you know, <laughs> and so the idea is just, just loosen that, you know, bun up top there. Yeah, because otherwise... Apparently you've loosened it. Cause it's <laughs> boom, you know. I bang. shot it off into orbit. <laughs> I pick up signals with my hair. I got I got frequencies going. So, but you got to have you got to have a degree of lightness in your home and realizing that it is good medicine. It really does do something for you, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually and so on. So, a couple of stories we'll share with you. Um, we'll start with a couple of little ones. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about Eric. Okay. So, you've got to take note of um, of those moments and have some fun with it versus getting, you know, upset. So our son, Eric, he's the youngest. How many of you know with your youngest child, um, sometimes you're not quite as attentive? Like, how many of you don't even have a baby book for the baby of the family? Yeah, Eric, oh, we please. have the book. We have the book, Eric. Well, let me, and we're going to fill me, it in. Let me, I know I we will. And we told you about this. Like, like when Megan, you know, went off to kindergarten, we literally stood in the road and cried giant tears as she pulled away on the bus. Because, you know, the first time our child was ever going to be away from us for a whole day, you know, we were just weeping. You know, the, the second time when Annie goes off to school, same thing. We're not crying quite as much. You know, third child, Luke goes to school. We wave at him from the house. And then fourth child goes off to school. Someone said, hey, where's Eric? You know what I'm saying? It's, you know. Just kidding. Yeah. So, okay, so Eric, so... Uh, Megan played the clarinet in grade school. I'll tell you a story about that. But Eric played the trombone, but we didn't know that he played the trombone because we paid for it to rent it, but he never brought it home. So one, and we never heard the trombone in our house. So one day he comes home and he says, hey, I have a band concert. And we said, you're in the band? (laughs) Yeah, and when's the concert? He said, tonight. Tonight. And I got to have black pants and a white shirt. 
It's like, he doesn't have a pair of black pants and a white shirt. It's 4 o'clock. The concert's <laughs> at 6. It's like, what the heck are we going to do? So we said to Megan and Annie, we're like, Megan and Annie, do you guys have any black pants? Eric can borrow. <laughs> so, so Megan, you know, could probably help him out. So Megan had a pair of black pants from the Limited 2. They were like stretchy pants, a little slight flare at the bottom. And the, the, <laughs> the zipper was on the side. <laughs> it's like, what? Who are these parents? So, and I don't know, did you wear a blouse or did you have a shirt? <laughs> a blouse? He wore a blouse. Yeah, he wore a blouse. He wore one of their shirts. <laughs> so we didn't have anything to get. You know, we didn't have time. You know, he's like, you got to go to the concert. So, but see, this kind of stuff could scar a kid for life. <laughs> but we've had a lot of fun poking fun at him about it. So you just got to gotta find the moments and make light of it versus everybody's having a meltdown in the family. So anyways, okay, so how many of you know there are inappropriate times to laugh? You know, there's those moments. Have you had those moments, even probably in church, I'm sure some of you have had it, where it's all of a sudden it hits you and it's like you can't laugh now, but you can't help it. Like your body is shaking and you're holding it in. And you're like, oh, Lord, help, help an audible not come out. Because you're feeling it, so. Well, before you tell the story, I got to tell you that a core value for me has always been to really celebrate our kids' success. I always want them to feel like they're 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 awesome. Me too. Doing, I do too. I'm with you. <laughs> right there in, with you. <laughs> in theory form, she's with me on this one. But so so our daughter Megan, uh, we've had some interesting band things. We love music and <laughs> instruments, so we're not, not we're not all dissing the band, but our kids are just. Well, at least uh, Luke, Luke is Luke obviously talented, but the other two uh, we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> so Megan plays the clarinet. Now, Mom says to Megan, now, Megan, make sure your reed is real wet because you're going to do this, This uh, what do they call it? Like, uh, like an ensemble? Yes. You guys know what an ensemble is? The kids have to do like a little. So they play their instrument with a piano player, and then there's a judge that judges how they're doing. So she's in this thing. So we go to it on a Saturday morning, and we're there as a family to support her. And so the kids and Beth and I are there in the room. It's just us and Megan, the piano player, and the judge. So so Megan begins. Do you want to do the, de do the demonstration? Yeah, I'll do the demo. Yeah. So, yeah, so I tell her beforehand, I say, Megan, get the reed wet, because I played the clarinet in seventh grade for like one year. I, it's all I know about the clarinet, that reed has to be wet. And, of course, kids, she's like, I know, Mom, but I never saw the reed in her mouth. So I was like, but just be sure to get it wet. I know, Mom. So anyways, we get into this room, and she's going to now play her clarinet with the pianist. And Jeff had told all of us, behave. Everybody get in your chairs, behave. And we're all sitting there. And so the piano player starts playing, and Megan's got, and we, and we laugh about it now with Megan, so just so you know, we're not, you know, we're not dissing on her when she's not here. So all of a sudden, Megan starts to play this clarinet. She's in, I think it was sixth grade. She starts playing her clarinet, and she goes, Like, no noise is coming out of the clarinet. <laughs> I, like, sit there. I'm like, the reed is, <laughs> is not wet. <laughs> so it hits me, the laughter, at the wrong time. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and there's me and Jeff and the kids, and Megan and the piano player. <laughs> and it hits me, and I know it can't hit me. So I am shaking. My she, body is she's shaking. She's starting to shake, like, uncontrollably, <laughs> like, like a seizure, in which the kids pick up, and they start laughing. And I'm like, stop it. You know, I got the dad eyes, you know. I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at the kids. <laughs> like, stop it. You know, let, 
let this child play her instrument, you know? She's uh. just the whole... <laughs> <laughs> we're the only people in the room. It's not like we're hiding. That was the worst part. We're the only people in the room. So I am just furious at this point. And, and you know, God oh. bless Megan. She gets through this thing, and it was horrible. But, you know, I'm like, you know, we celebrate you, Megan. You're awesome, oh. you know. And <laughs> let's go get your award. Yeah. Seriously. She, she got, got an, an award. award for that. Whatever. I don't. Everybody did. Everybody, Everybody got an award. Yeah. I think just for showing up, I think you get an award. So, so. I, I'm like, I'm like fit to be tied. We're walking out of the building, and, and I'm like still mad. And, and, and Beth says. And I haven't gotten the giggles out yet. You know, you're no. holding them in. And I haven't got them out yet. So I'm trying to be an encouraging mother. I'm trying to say to her, Megan, do you want to do this again? She, she says, she goes, Megan, are you going to put that clarinet? <laughs> like that, just like that. Are you going to put the clarinet? I'm like, Beth, have some decency. I was this is our daughter's self-esteem, you know? <laughs> so anyway, thank oh, the Lord. Thank you, she Lord. She was not <laughs> scarred by this situation, but <laughs> we, we've not forgotten oh. it. Tell them one more story, then we got to wrap up. Go. Um, tell them the story about coming back from Kansas City. You and, and Annie took a special trip okay. together. Well, and the whole point of us even telling you stories is just so that you do the same. You remember and relive your own stories and stir up some laughter. So, you know, classic. I mean, this has happened to a lot of people, I'm sure. But So we're at McDonald's coming back from a trip, and Annie and I ran into the restroom real quick in McDonald's, and, uh, and then as we were leaving the restroom, as we came out of the stalls, I noticed over to my right there was a man at the sink, and I said to him, what are you doing in here? And so Annie and I started to walk out, and another man walked in, and I said, what are you doing in here? And then I looked at the door, I said to Annie, what are we doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> so the man that I thought was at the sink wasn't. He wasn't he, at the sink. He wasn't at the sink. <laughs> let, let, let's just say that man is scarred. <laughs> These two run to the car. And it's like you would have thought they had just robbed the place. They're like, hit it, Go! <laughs> I'm, I'm squealing out of the parking lot, and they're screaming, oh, my gosh, you know. So, oh, we all got some scars from that one. We, got all, we, we all got scars. All right. So, again, laughter is like medicine. And, and so remember these things because all of us have, have stories. These are just some of our stories. But, but you have stories as well. And when you are reminded of them, you're reminded of the joy that life really can be. And, and that's really, again, the, the reminder is that verse in, in Nehemiah 8 and 10 that says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The reason we're doing this series and, and wanted to talk about marriage with you is just, you know, truly, we, it's our desire that every marriage is strong. It's, it's God's desire that they're strong and healthy and, and joy-filled and that you have a joy-filled life and that you learn, you and I, we, as we have, learn to tap into the Lord's strength because obviously we don't have enough strength to get through life alone. And, and, and if you're here this morning and, and Jesus is not the Lord of your life, then, then we get that. We get what it is like and how you feel when it's like no matter what you go through, that you just don't feel like you have the strength to it. But God gives us strength. God gives us strength in abundance, not only to enjoy your life, but enjoy the life with, with another and then with a family. And there's just nothing like it. It's, it truly is, uh, uh, it's true that when Jesus is the center of your life and at the center of your marriage, 
life and marriage works. And as I said earlier, it doesn't mean you're going to be exempt from situations because we, we all do. We all face stuff. We face some hard stuff, some really hard stuff. But when you have the Lord's strength, all things are possible. And so, again, I want to encourage you, if, if, wherever you are in your journey of faith, if you've not gotten to a point where you've said, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I want you to be the Lord over my life. I, I realize I can't govern myself. I don't, I'm not strong enough to do this. I need your help. When you get to that point and you surrender to him, Truly, he comes into your life and strengthens you in all sorts of ways. Not only does he give you eternal life, but he allows the quality of your life right now to improve and change. And there's such a dramatic difference. In fact, the Bible says that, uh, that a, a person who's in Christ is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so if you're here today with your spouse and you two haven't, you know, really confessed Jesus as your Lord, have, haven't made that change, then, then today's a chance for you to do that. If you're here by yourself and you say, you know what, I want my life to, to, to gather its strength from a relationship with God, that today we want to we pray with you. So if you would, just bow your heads just for a moment as we just reverence the Lord's presence. He said if two of us are gathered together anywhere, he's there in the, the midst of us. And so we trust that the Holy Spirit of God is here right now and he's ministering to our hearts. And as we've had some fun laughing and, and remembering stories, I, I just I ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you'll touch each and every heart that's here, each and every life, each and every marriage, and each and every family in a very, very special way. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.